Thank you for tuning in to Shift the Plan podcast, where it is never too late to change the game. I'm your host, Rhonda Evans, and here we'll be listening to stories of the everyday woman. How life just, you know, brings you a little bit of obstacles, but what matters is what you do within the shift. Today on Shift the Plan podcast, I'm joined by Simone Abusier. She's a DC-born contemporary artist and has been painting since she was a child. She loves doing portrait paintings and exploring new ways of painting with unique and different textures and materials. She also has public and private painting sips all throughout the DMV area. So if you are in the DMV, definitely look her up and stay connected um, for the next paint and sip. And she loves inspiring people. So sit back and enjoy, and let's get into this next episode with Simone Lacousier. Well, thank you everyone for joining another episode of Shift the Plan podcast where, you know, we talk to everyday women who are not afraid to change the game. And today we are sitting down talking to Miss Simone Agusier, the AKA the, uh, what you call it, the Aaliyah artist. <laughs> we are going to make that stick. Like when you think about who can paint Aaliyah the best way possible and put her in the best light. Yeah. It's Simone. It's Thank Simone. you. And who's painted her the most too? Like that's that's part of the whole equation as well. Yes, who has painted her the most? You know, and I'm a little you know biased because I'm from Detroit. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased. So you are a DC born contemporary artist. So this is funny. I have been interviewing a lot of people that are from like the DC Maryland area or went to school in the DC Maryland area. Uh huh. So that is just weird. Probably some people I know, I'm sure. I am sure, I'm sure. Because they, you know, that's even though it's a big city, it's still certain areas they are really close-knit. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you never know. You never know. Yeah. But thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. I know it. I um came across your profile one day um, listening to a uh, live on uh, Ronnie Brown's page. And you came up on the page because, you know, oftentimes she'll, you know, bring people on that you can ask questions and stuff. And you are one of the people she brought on. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And when I saw your paintings, I was like, this is something like no nothing that I've ever seen before. Thank you so much. I guess yeah. I see it every day. I'm just like, it's mud. What are you? What is it? <laughs> no, like you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, you don't even understand like the levels of your gift. Like, yes, amazing. Thank amazing. you so much. I really appreciate it. Look, ever since that interaction, I've been telling people like, look, go to her page. Look at these pages. Oh, <laughs> Oh, God. 
us. And you know, well, we'll get into all that. We'll get into the other stuff. But for our listeners, because <laughs> look, we were just this is exactly what Shift the Plan is. It's really just conversation between two girlfriends, and that's it. That's really what Shift the Plan is. Okay, yep, okay. Sounds good. That's what we are, so right. And we was I was gonna keep going. But for our listeners, <laughs> let them know exactly who Simone Agusier is. So as you mentioned, I am born born in DC. I was born in DC. Um, raised in the DMV my whole life. Um, and with art, I've always had a passion for art as young as I can remember, which was the third grade to be exact, when I won um, my first county prize for a portrait, a self-portrait I did that was inspired by Andy Warhol. And ever since that moment, I knew that I wanted to be an artist. So everything I did in school and in life in general was always geared to being an artist. So I graduated from the Art Institute of Washington. I was pursuing my bachelor's, graduated in 2007, and I am an artist. I work as a graphic designer full-time and an, as an artist full-time as well. <laughs> that part oh. is for full-time jobs. Look, now, you don't put it out there, y'all. When I tell you her artwork is exceptional, so you know she is a beast probably with this graphic art, okay? And at her nine to five, she's probably a beast. Yeah, so I went to school for my Bachelor's of Fine Arts and majored in graphic design, so that's my main job. <laughs> that's the main gig. Yeah. But guess what? We about to have you doing some other things. You know, isn't it a good feeling, though, when you think about how your can become your main your main thing like something you get to wake up and do every day and you absolutely love it yes yes it's definitely a blessing so yes we're gonna have to get in contact with you about some graphic artwork for real definitely yes I do it all logos web designs websites business cards flyers anything everything so yes it's the one stop shop okay yeah one stop shop yeah one stop shop yep that's me (laughs) so you said you had a love for art from a very young age to you said the third grade right yeah three years old yep from the third grade, that's as far as I can read. That's like my first memory, like my real distinct memory of art was the mm-hmm. third grade. So when you say that was your um, your first um, time, like really saying, you know, I love art, was it someone putting a paintbrush in your hand or what exactly uh, were you doing at that young age? It was actually in school, my art teacher, her name was Miss Little. I still remember my third grade art teacher named Miss <laughs> Little. And I just remember it being my favorite subject in school and you know I was just always the most concentrated and focused when I was in my art classes and they always were so encouraging and inspiring and then you know what I've noticed too is that they art teachers just will submit their students work in anything and everything and that's without you even knowing so um, my art teacher doing that and getting me exposed to so many people at a young age really encouraged me and really helped me to be to know that that's what I wanted to continue to do and seeing people's reaction to my art I just I just instantly connected to it without even thinking about it (laughs) it was like okay so wait I'm really good at this yeah yeah 
Oh, that is so, that's awesome. I love it when teachers really pour into their students. Um, I have two children that are in to the arts, and if it hadn't been for, you know, the teachers that they were around pouring into them, I don't think that they would have such a love for it now. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. Teachers, so I feel really- like they were a big inspiration to me, as well as my mom, my dad, and my, my grandparents, because she was very into art as well. But, mm. yeah, my teachers would definitely, like, major key into me becoming an artist. That is awesome. Now, now, do your parents still have everything that you've ever drawn from when you were in school? Definitely not. <laughs> Guaranteed, <laughs> definitely not. Um, but she does have a few of my pieces hanging up. Some things that are like really old and when I go home and I'm like, Mom, why do you have that on the wall? It's so terrible. She's like, this is your earlier works. You have to remember. I love it. And I'm like, no, take it down. Let me redo it. So, not everything because mind you I am the second oldest of 12 children so (laughs) it would be hard to keep everything that I've done because there's so many behind me Oh, dear God. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about growing up in a household of 12. So you were the second oldest out of a household, of, I mean, out of 12 children. I didn't even yeah. think that, like, my mom came from a really big family, but I was like, no, I'm not about that life. So yeah, I don't know how, how she did it. Amazing. She's a strong, strong woman because, honey, yes, kudos yeah. to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what was that like like what are your siblings just as artistic or do you guys have your own different little thing about you yeah I think that we all have our different little things but I do love when my little sisters do like reach out to me sending me like their paintings that they're drawing or coloring and they always send me like little pictures like look what I painted look what I drew so I think that's really cute there's definitely and they you know we I grew up in the DMV pretty much in the same area like my whole life so some of my little sisters go to the same school that I went to the Mm -hmm. same school so some of those teachers in there are like oh tell Simone she might you know have to make a run for her money because her little sister's coming up I see her I can see her she's gonna be the next one so it's a few that love art and are doing really good that you know I like I love to help encourage and inspire them as well so that is awesome. It's going to have to trickle down in the family. Like, from one generation to the next, it's going to have to keep trickling yeah, down yeah. in the family. Like, the top of the chain, I already feel like I have to, you know, set a really good example and really just, you know, give them something to, you know, look up to as an artist. Awesome. Awesome. So, as an artist, do you also, um, most artists, you know, they kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. Do you also write? I actually don't write. I used to write in high school. <laughs> like, you know, with relationship writings and writing like, oh, <laughs> is red, roses are blue, even though, you know, it's backwards. I remember writing a poem like that, you know. <laughs> but not, I haven't written currently, probably in years, since college, probably. Oh wow! Oh wow! I used to write little books in high in school and, and um, elementary school and publish them and draw the illustrations and stuff. But wait a minute! Did you say you used to publish them? My um, I don't know. My teacher they used to publish the books and like oh make them into little books. And I have my mom actually has a few of them at home. They're so <laughs> when I look at them, they're so cute. But yeah, I think and I feel like I was probably in the fourth, fifth grade during that time. 
Oh my gosh. So look, you've been on that whole entrepreneur route from a very young age. Oh <laughs> like you're publishing books at what in fourth grade? Yeah. Oh wow. That awesome. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because even when I was in middle school, I was painting and drawing. And whenever anything was coming up, people always come to me like, oh, can you draw a picture of me and my friend? Or can you draw a picture of my mom? And Or make a poster for this and for that? So I used to always, you know, make little drawings for my classmates, even in, in middle school, and be charging them like $5 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, let them pay you for what you work, girl. <laughs> it was that's so funny. Oh my gosh, it's, not, it's probably time to pull those old books out, revamp them, and go and publish them again for you know a whole new generation. Yeah, that would be cool. I actually yeah. did an illustration for a book that's being published by Capstone, which should be coming out any um day now, pretty much because I've sent them all my illustrations, and it's actually like a history book on the life of Ona Judge, the slave, one of the George Washington's slaves that ran away and got away. And oh, wow. So that's going to, even though I didn't write it, but I did all the illustrations for it, so I'm excited for that. Too. That's probably your book, too. So. <laughs> that's a piece of you, you know. That'll be around for years and years to come, so yes, definitely promote that. We'll get that information from you as well, so we can put that in the show notes so people can, you know, see your work and then get a good um, a good book about a piece of history that might not even be knowledgeable to some people. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So that is awesome. That is so awesome. So do you think that the work that you do and the things that you lend your name to definitely need to have a deeper meaning for you? Um, I feel like the deeper meaning for like my pieces not necessarily are in the individual pieces itself, but just in the overall essence of painting and drawing and expressing myself. Because there was a moment that I was really heavy in graphic design only, and I wasn't painting or drawing as much, pretty much not at all, probably just one painting a year. I feel like for seven years, I was basically not painting. And during that time, I didn't notice it, but eventually I, I knew that something was missing, and I just felt so like I didn't have something to call my own and I didn't have a place that I could call home no matter where I was at and then that's when I realized it, my mother helped me to realize as well that I needed to get back to who I was so I just naturally just started painting not thinking that that's what it was but you know I knew that that would help me kind of vent in a different kind of way and that happened actually January 2017 is when I started painting again after seven years and ever since then it's just I've just I feel like I've really transformed into a whole totally different person so I think it's really the essence of painting and being an artist is what my deeper meaning is and helps to ground who I am Wow. Yeah, it's so funny that you said that, you know, you felt like something was missing. But as soon as you started painting again, you were like, okay, I'm back to myself. So was it in college that you felt like, okay, I needed to put this down? Or, you know, what happened with that whole transition that got you away from what truly was you? College. (laughs) I do not. I'm not going to go there, but yeah. Yeah, it was definitely college and you would think that you know because I went to an art school that mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been the case but I don't know it was it was going to art school was definitely 
different for me. One thing that kind of stood out instantly was, you know, coming from elementary school, middle school, high school, being like the top artist in the school and all the art teachers are recommending me for this and that, this scholarship, that scholarship, this program, that program, doing assembly um, paintings and stuff like that. To go into an art school where all of us are artists is, is like you really kind of <laughs> you all are great artists when you're in art school so that was kind of like a shock for me um, and really trying to just find myself in a pool of artists so uh-huh. that kind of I guess took me away from it and that's what made me focus more so on the digitized part of it and being a graphic designer so let's talk about that a little bit because I know that you know we could have some people who are aspiring artists or children who are about to you know embark on their college experience and going into that thinking you know I'm the the cream of the crop you know I'm Mm -hmm. you know I'm established I'm you know you know my name Mm -hmm. but then to get there and everybody else is just like you um, so let's talk about that whole experience and how you can you know so we can help those coming following in your footsteps yes oh my goodness it was such a shock to me like I wasn't expecting that nobody gave me a warning that you know be be mindful or you know just FYI so that really it was really a struggle I starting off in college I was doing really bad my, and then art teachers give you a really hard time too because you they want you to conform to their style of art and that's a whole crazy situation in itself and then feeling like you know your your part your counterparts and stuff are like excelling and you're not and it's just it was just like a whole thing that I had to realize to just do what I know I can do and just try my best at it and not compare myself to others and just focus on really when especially in college is just graduating <laughs> do my portfolio show <laughs> like let me just get out of here a lot yeah, yeah, that was definitely my that was how I was feeling especially towards the end I had it was really hard it was to the point where I literally had to have a um like a weekly meeting with the dean like every week I had to meet with my dean um for graphic design to help me to focus and to you know just work out whatever my issues were so I think my advice would be just always stay humble and stuff and know that you're not the only person that can do something amazing and stuff there's a lot of us out here so I think that knowing that having that mindset definitely helps yeah yeah I mean I, I can see how that can be a total shift in what you knew to be the norm do you think when you had that kind of like that culture shock going did it make you second guess yourself or who you were in your talent yeah it did kind of it did that's why it's like I had to grow to a point where I don't paint for other people and I just paint for myself because mm-hmm. you know art is so subjective like to mm-hmm. one person it could be this and to another it can be something totally different but to me neither one of your ideas or views of my art is what it is mm-hmm. so just I just had to learn to just do my art for myself and not worry about other people's opinions and you know if they like it great if they don't 
great. <laughs> I didn't do it for you. So I do art for my own peace of mind and happiness. And I do hope to inspire and help others. But if it doesn't inspire you or help you, okay, we'll go on to the next one then. Right. And just on to the next. Guess what? Because I'm paying for me, not for you. What was that defining moment that helped you realize that? Okay, I, I need to, like you said, stop paint, not stop painting for other people, but knowing that this is me. I'm gonna do what makes me happy. Well, kind of just the fact that I was trying to get out of college. <laughs> That was one of my defining uh, moments. Is like I just need to like I can't worry about what they think. I just need to graduate and get out of here, get my degree that I pay for. And <laughs> but um, outside of college, um, and more so, I guess recently, I just really I think my whole college experience with that really helps ground me today that I don't feed too much into what other people think about my artwork and I just hope for the best and you know if they don't like it if they give me bad critique I take I, I love critique but sometimes I'm not going to change it based on what somebody else says because you know it's not for you necessarily it's so many other people that my art can speak to so just you know keeping that in mind that the world is so big so there's so many people that it can touch that if one person is being like a hard critic, you know, I just tend to try to ignore them and keep it moving. I think that's an excellent, excellent pro tip. Like you have to do what's best for you or what's really your passion. Because like you said, there's somebody else that needs to see it, you know, that is going to impact them in some type of way. So, yeah. And I like the words you use about passion, too, because sometimes if you allow what those other people say to cloud your mind, it kills your passion for it. Mm -hmm. So trying to protect that, too, is definitely a big deal. Now, all of those teachers that were hard on you and tough on you, after you left um, school, did you realize, okay, was this to make me better? Or, or do you even still have relationships with any of those instructors? I do still kind of keep in touch with my, my dean at the time, even though he went on to do other things. So um, through like LinkedIn and stuff. But in some of my other professors, there's a probably three I can name on the top of my head, but all the rest I I don't remember their names. <laughs> three key ones that really you know kind of took an interest in me to really help mold me and not be so hard on me and to help me see the real world um, per se. Mm -hmm. But I don't really think that, especially because. I was so focused on graphic design when I was in college. I don't feel like a, a lot of that stuff really helped me within my, what I'm doing now that I can like think of, but I know in some shape and form that it, it is kind of like, it built my foundation for what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I mean, you know, it's kind of like a blurry thing. Yeah, it, it sounds like, you know, the whole premise of the show is, you know, to talk about stories of transformation. And it sounds like, you know, once you conquer that whole thing, like, okay, I'm out of this school now, I can breathe again. It's like you put your um, paintbrush down and, and didn't look back for a while. So talk, let's talk a little bit about that transformation period when you weren't, you know, being true to what you love. Love.
And what was truly your passion? Yeah, so like I said, it was about seven years. I graduated college 2011. And as I mentioned earlier, I just started painting again um, 2017. So during that whole time, I don't know, I just felt like... I, something was missing and then too in 2015 I had got married and you know things totally shifted and changed <laughs> with that and I had married someone um outside of my culture so it was like a culture shock and everything a language mm-hmm. different <laughs> two different languages so that really is what was like my turning point in the whole in my whole life is just like I need something that I can fall back on and I need to find it now so during that time that process of trying to find it that's when I realized that you know it was art because as soon as I started painting again I, I promise I became a better wife oh wow <laughs> I a better wife and just like a better person in general because if anything was to go wrong with anything I can just go paint I'll just go home. I'll go get my sketchbook. And then just having that outlet really just helped me in my life. So it was like therapeutic for you to be able to have that outlet to be like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Oh, I don't flip out on nobody. Yes, yes. Now, what we're not going to do, though, is skip over that whole marriage part. Now, (laughs) let's go back. Yes. So, okay. So, let what what is your um, culture? I'm I'm African American. Okay, and Americans like no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And what is your husband? African. Okay, so how was all of that? One hundred percent. One hundred. One hundred. The situation is like when we first was talking and dating and everything. I never really realized that it was a difference between us. You know, I felt like we looked the same, and you know, it was all cool. And I was learning the language that he spoke, so. I didn't think it was like a big, a big thing. But as soon as we got married, you know, you're living with somebody every day, then you can see like what's really Wow. So wait a minute. So he didn't he didn't speak English at all? He spoke English and he he speaks English. Oh. You know, English. I don't know how to explain it, but he speaks English. <laughs> well, I will say this. It seems like it was meant to be considered. It's like your name, it just flows. Like, it's not your, I can see the signature when I see your name. So it just flows. <laughs> I'm sorry? I said, it's, it seems like you two were meant to be together anyway, because I mean, when I see your name, it just flows. Like, it's a statement. Yes. And, I don't, and who knows if, you know, I didn't get married. I, you know, was at that point that I would even have picked up the paintbrush again. So, like, mm-hmm. whenever I do anything, I do, like, thank my husband for, you know, allowing me the opportunity to be painting again. So let's um, go into how that all happened. So that moment where you were like, you know what, I need to go ahead and pick up my paintbrush again and then how you just evolved. 
Yep. So, like I mentioned, it was just something was missing, and I just needed to find my own like happiness outside of anything and anybody, and just you know finding my own home and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I just naturally went to art, not knowing that that was even the answer. I just, you know, let me let me pick up the paint. And the funny thing is, too, the very first thing that I, I drew when I started painting again back in January 2017 mm-hmm. was Guess Who? Hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do a self-portrait? No. No. I'm Simone Agusoye, a.k.a. <laughs> The Aaliyah artist. Really? You picked up, you uh, painted Aaliyah the very first The very first day I picked up that paintbrush again, I drew Aaliyah. What is it that draws you to her? You know, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before because I, I've, I drew her so many times throughout like my, like, in high school, in college, in my adult life. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I love her music and I loved her style and just everything about her. I wish I had the opportunity to meet her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think that she had a classic, classic style that was ahead of her era. Yes, yeah. <laughs> definitely think that, that she was ahead of her time so it's something she's someone that easily you can be drawn to because I mean her features her you know mm-hmm. she just has a certain bit of elegance to her so yeah her swag and her timelessness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally like like she would never fade like Aaliyah forever but <laughs> 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 it's so real for me so now let's be honest how many paintings of Aaliyah have you have you drawn? I know one time when I did a count it was 26. Oh my god. Out of the 26 the ones that I would say were like finished and polished is 13. Oh wow. So. You should do like a whole showcase of nothing but her painting. Yeah you know I definitely should and pull out all the old ones too. And just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna do that. I need to. I think we need to shine some really good positive light on her right about now with all yes. that stuff that's in the news and stuff. We yes. need to, you know, let people yes. remember her for the beauty that she is. Yes. So yes, that's that's what we're gonna do. Definitely, I'm writing it down now. That is definitely, I'm definitely gonna do that because I've been places where I see like tributes to other people and they have like all Frida paintings or all you know just like one person painted all over the place and mm-hmm. I painted Leah all over the place, but I need to put them all in one place. So I'm definitely that's on my project number one. Love it, love it. <laughs> so when did you shift into thinking like, okay, I can, I, I, this is therapeutic for me, but now, you know, let's make this a business. Okay, that's a, yeah, that's a good question, right? So, started painting all, painting again and, you know, just trying different techniques and um, seeing different art that really inspired me and I'm like, oh, because I've always been a portrait artist, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, just being inspired and really, you know,
know, feeling myself at this moment, I um, did this one piece, this one Marilyn Monroe piece with all these different colors. Mm-hmm. And, I, and when I, I was posting, even that the Aaliyah picture I had you when I picked up the um, paintbrush again back in 2017, I had posted it on my Instagram and I didn't think nothing of it. I was just like posting like, oh, let me post it on Instagram. Maybe people can let me know what they think about it. But I didn't, I wasn't thinking anything about it. And I would just post my art, post my art um, versus like just posting myself because, you know, when Instagram first came out, I was just, you know, doing the whole selfie thing and food thing and family thing. But then when I started painting and drawing, I started posting my work. And then um, one day I had did this colorful piece of Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. And instantly when I posted it, someone had DM'd me, like instantly. It was like, oh my gosh, I need to have that painting. How much is it? Can I buy that painting? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? You want to buy that? I want to buy that painting. And I literally was confused because I'm like, why do you want to buy it? Like, you can just have it. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. I'm just testing out, you know, I'm just testing out things. And I say, no, I'm going to pay you for it. So, you know, I don't care. I'll just send you some money. Because I, like, I literally couldn't even give her a price because... I didn't know what was going on. So and I sent her the painting and she hung it up in her daughter's room and it's still there today looking gorgeous. And that's when I realized like, oh, okay. Let's go do this. Right. I got something here. So then I just kept doing the same thing, um, painting more and posting more, and people would just DM me and ask me questions, and then I would find out about different events in the area, whether it's in Baltimore or Maryland or Virginia, because I literally be all up and down the DMV in Baltimore area. I would start going to different art events and kind of connecting with the community, and it just continued to grow and grow and grow over you know that period of time where just yet last month I got my LLC as a artist underneath the name Simona Gusoye so you know I noticed that when I looked at your um bio I mean your uh, profile I was like wait she is a whole LLC like she yeah. is the business okay <laughs> Yes, yes. And that was a very, very smart move. You said something, though. You said, you know, you were doing a normal selfie thing, food thing, and then you started posting your your paintings and noticed the difference. And so you started posting them more. I think that when it comes to, well, not today, because I don't know if Facebook and Instagram is still crashed, but whatever. Um, But um, one thing about social media is that it allows people who are business owners just starting out to market to so many people and early on you recognize what your audience loves to see and you kept feeding that to them yeah it was I don't know I thank God for it because I I didn't I had no idea what was going on until it was happening now, what many business owners have a trouble have trouble with uh, when they're first starting out is, you know, how to value themselves. And so, mm-hmm. what do I charge? Is this too much? Is this mm-hmm. too fast? Like, how was that whole experience in, in trying to define that for your business? Oh, my goodness. It's still a whole experience that I'm trying <laughs> to define. <laughs> I struggle with that 
every day. Every day. And I'm always looking for advice from other um, entrepreneurs and other artists like, oh, how much should I charge for this? How much should I charge for that? And even when they tell me prices, I'm like, what? Charge that much or charge this? Like, it's still a struggle for me. I'm not I'm not a business person. I feel like at times I'm more of an artist than a business person. So it's really hard to kind of separate the two. Um, but just so I just kind of reach out to other people um, like Ronnie Brown and mm-hmm. um, listen to um, other people like Nicole. And they give a lot of testimonies and advice about, you know, knowing your worth and mm-hmm. who you want to be. Do you want to be Target or do you want to be? I don't even know any designs I want to even throw out there. <laughs> I want to throw out there right now because, you know. <laughs> All right, controversial, but you know, who do you want to be? Do you want to be a designer brand or you want to be, you know, Walmart Target brand? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that is a good question. And it's like, the value that you place on your art is kind of the value you place on yourself. Yes. Just trying to literally think about that every day. And even one of my um, mentors was telling me that I need to basically say my prices. The, like the crazy high ones out loud to myself every day so it can help me to be more comfortable with saying it and then keep adding it and adding um, value to each piece because it is I, it is hard I cannot I don't know why it's really hard for me I'll be wanting to sell stuff for like I'll give it to you for $10 girl no I'll give it to you for $30 I can do that for 50 and then you keep getting high and someone's like oh you should be selling that for $1,200 I'm like, what? $1,200? Like, what? Yes. Like, see, this is the thing. You know, once you, and I love your mentor for saying that, because once you keep saying it, it becomes easier. And then it helps you recognize that these are the type of customers that I want. Yes, that too. Yes. So, yeah. Girl, don't feel bad about saying that, because you have a rare talent, and you shouldn't water that down for anybody. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You are (laughs) So let's talk about these broken glass. Okay. How did that even come about? Like, how does that even become an idea? (laughs) I know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always just trying to experiment with things and different techniques and different art styles. And it was actually, um, there's this, it's like a lot of different, I've seen it done in a lot of different places. Um, even in like a TV show that was aired like back in 2012 where the artists in the show had did like an abstract piece with broken glass and just seeing it but not seeing it a lot and I was like one day I was just like oh you know I'm, I probably can do that so I just tried my hand at it and like the one the broken glass I first did a small little rose with the broken glass but I'm always like go big or go home type of thing so I had like a little broken glass piece you know who the first person it was that I painted with the broken glass Aaliyah Aaliyah <laughs> Literally the first one I did, and it was six foot by four foot. Oh my gosh! And I did it all in broken glass. And then when I looked back and looked at it, and I was just like, "Wow, 
and it didn't even seem that hard but I know like other artists they felt like you know it took them years and years to kind of master the technique and then I kind of just saw it being done or not saw it being done but saw it out there and trying my hand at it and then it just came together I think that was like something I just felt like oh I should be doing this because it comes natural like Mm -hmm. so that's how I kind of got into the whole broken glass sector of art there's not too many artists that do it Mm -hmm. that I can find Um, but when they do it they do it really good Look, like I'm sitting here thinking, like I should—I'm just trying to imagine. And then your your canvas is so huge, so I'm like, she's like laying it on the floor. Like, how is she doing this? So you um develop your own technique, so to speak, because you didn't really mimic anybody. You just saw it and was like, well, let me just try it. Yep, exactly. Yep, and even trying to figure out how to do it because like. There is no YouTube videos on how to do broken glass pieces. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> there is none. Bob Ross did not teach us that. And those, those TV shows, I love Bob Ross, but he did not teach us that. Um, but just, yeah, just trying my hand at it and just pulling different um, art materials together. I picked two eight by, um, what is there an eight by four? Um, like those black um, picnic tables together mm-hmm. and I laid my big old piece of, I actually had brought wood to I just laid that wood on top of that because I knew I was dealing with mixed media so sometimes when I'm working with mixed media I tend to use like wood panels because mm-hmm. I know that the weight on the canvas can kind of cave in because I live not that far from Home Depot <laughs> I went in there and let me tell you Going to Home Depot, like as a as a girl, I did feel a little like embarrassed or overwhelmed because I had to get the little um, flat the flat card thing that she had to like pull around and it's so loud. And I'm like, yes, I need an eight foot piece of wood, and then I need you to cut it down to six feet. And they're looking at me like, what are you doing with this wood, ma'am? And I need five of them actually, just in case the first three mess up. <laughs> That's my way. What is she going to do with this? Yeah, so, yeah, learning how to do it on your own is definitely hard. But once you are able to um, figure it out, you do feel really accomplished. And I'm like, wow, I really did that. Okay. I absolutely love it. Like, I love how you said, look, I'm going to go big or I'm going to go home. And you aren't afraid to do it, you know? So I just love that part of your story. Thank and you. You're welcome. And so now you're kind of evolving and doing some things where you're teaching, so to speak, um, when it comes to your art, with your paint and sit series. Yes, yes, yes. Those so, are fun. And, you know, that is like the big thing right now. Is just doing um, the whole paint sip. So, what makes your um, event unique? So, I feel like what makes my um, event unique because of, you know, because we're all unique, especially as artists, we're all different, we're all unique because there's so many paint and sips and sipping paints and lines out there and like big major corporate brands that are doing this. But for me, because I'm a, and 
I you know I really tend to work in the DMV area with the paint assist. I haven't really gone outside of that area with it because I am a local and I have a love for art and a love for teaching to mm-hmm. others and helping others. I just feel like I make mine unique because I really try to provide hands-on, one-on-one with each person who attends my painting sets. I do a lot of walking around and one-on-one and helping with techniques and, you know, trying to get deeper than just painting a, a, a cute picture with wine, but really trying to help those who want to kind of, you know, excel in art or get back to painting. Because a lot of times they used to paint and just want to paint again and they're happy to have the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm like invested, invested in it, I feel that, you know, that makes my experiences unique. I think that's great because like you said, a lot of people just like, oh, we're just going to come paint this pretty picture, drink this wine. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're invested in it. You know, it's your passion. So you're going to want everyone else to do just as well at it. So I love that part about it. Yes, yes. So what is next for you? So next for me, I'm I'm building, I'm trying to build on my whole paint and sip series. I actually just did one today with um, a group of individuals that was a lot of fun, um, like a community center. And I was mm-hmm. able to kind of help them with art therapy with the whole paint and sip because there was no really you no know, sip part. It was more just paint. <laughs> Um, individuals so I was really happy about that and then um, I have one coming up this weekend so I'm just really building on that aspect of my business the paint and sip and also doing larger pieces with broken glass like I want to get more broken glass pieces out there more abstract pieces out there and really just build a collection of my own I currently Mm -hmm. do a lot a lot of commission work so it's hard for me to paint kind of what's inside of me or what I want to paint because I'm doing so many paintings for what other people want Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to trying to shy away from that a bit so that I'm able to kind of build on my own collection mm-hmm. of that I really, you know, I really, really love. Look, just find you a day and you put it in your calendar and that's your staple day where it's just you and your canvas and your paintbrush. Yes, you know, yes. I need to do, I need to have one day like that a week. <laughs> yes, like put it like this is my self-care day and for my self-care day, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah, but then I'll mess around and do it every day and then have commissions like, Here's my painting I asked in January, and I'm like, here painting Diana Ross, and nobody asked me to do that. <laughs> That's really what I do. Like, I'll be painting stuff that no, paying people that nobody asked me to paint, but be having other paintings to do. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm doing it right now. Let me switch gears. <laughs> I got you. I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> that is no problem. Look, they'll understand. Um, yes. How can our audience connect with you? So, um, on my social media um, accounts is Simone Agusoye. Um, actually, my Twitter might be um, Fancy Boss Lady. And that's what all my social media is this, and then I'm like taking it right back. Because <laughs> right. I used to um, go by the name like Fancy Boss Lady. Uh, I used to try to do like YouTube and like YouTube videos and stuff like that. So my Twitter and my um, Facebook have 
the fancy boss lady in it. But my main contact point, anyway, is my Instagram account, which is at Simone underscore Aguso. Yeah, um, I'm very active on there. I answer all DMs, all messages, everything. That's like the best way to contact me. And then email, website, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> in that order. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> and I'll link your information in the show notes um, just so people be able to easily connect with you. Uh, so no needs to worry there. Um, and that's what I was going to ask you. So with your um, social media accounts, do you ever get online and just kind of go live with you doing your work? I do, um, but I don't do it like as often because I'm doing so many commissions and like when I do commissions I kind of either they're like a surprise for somebody for like as a gift or something so I don't really like to do the commissions on live especially sometimes I like to surprise the client with the painting at the end Um, unless I don't know it depends it's like it's probably been once or twice that I've done a a commission on live but I do want to start doing them more I yeah, do. we got more live painting. Let's have our own virtual painting tip. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good idea. I should do that. <laughs> yes, so people can, you know, and it can go so many different ways. You just getting on your oh, painting and then getting nobody do that. Me either. I have not. So, Thank yeah. you. Yes, I'm definitely about to do that. I'm going to be advertising like, yes, y'all, join me on live for a live painting sip. Yes. yes. I'm going to do that. That would be so cool. I love it. I love it. I see. I love these types of conversations. I'm, I'm all about continuing to build. Like, a lot of times in my accountability groups, it's like, okay, we brainstorm about this, this, and that. And now my conversations are so different, you know? I can laugh and cut up with them, but the most, the meat of those conversations is about how we can grow our businesses. So. Yeah, and I think those are the important conversations to have, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it be all about fun, 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 but then you know not having nothing to show for yourself exactly exactly well I appreciate you coming on to the podcast today like I've learned some things about history and and paint um, and art and so I'm I'm glad that you came on that you answered my DM and you were very open to doing this whole um, experience with me so I thank you for that Thank you so much for reaching out to me. I was so excited to do it and, and to meet you and to do this podcast. I'm like, like so excited. So thank you so much for the opportunity. You are very, very welcome. We'll have all of your information so everyone can connect with you. But before we go, we are going to do a segment that I like to call um, Time Capsule. So it's going to be a series of five questions um, that people can just, you know, come back and learn from, you know, from Simone. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the first question is, what would you tell your younger self? Um, what I would tell my younger self? I would tell my younger self, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I think I would tell my younger self to always stay true to my passion and to what I know I want to do. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Question: Your first love. Yes, your first love. 
Question number two, what keeps you sane throughout your journey? What keeps me sane is definitely having a support system Mm -hmm. um, and people to kind of lean on and get advice from. And I am a Bible reader, so that really helps me to balance myself. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the key. And then, of course, painting what I love to paint. So those are the top things that keep me sane throughout this journey. Awesome, awesome. And so the question number three kind of may feed into what you just said. So what tools that do you use that keeps you, you know, focused in what you do day to day? Um, well, it seems like it could be a little bit different because now I'm thinking like tools to keep me focused. I keep a daily journal. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to say I keep a daily journal. I keep like 10 daily journals. Oh, and I'm constantly, the first thing in the morning, um, like I'm always journaling. I'm always um, trying to plan out my day, my week, my month. I'm going to paint this day. I'm going to paint that day. What event is happening here and there. So just journaling and writing down everything really kind of helps me to stay focused and helps me to get paintings done throughout the day. I love it. I love it. I think journals are so essential, like to just getting everything off your mind. Because if we hold it all in, oh my gosh, we yeah. <laughs> should explode. Things will, yeah, you will explode and things will fall off and you'll be all over the place. So, yes, yes. So, I love that. Question number four What is the name of another shift maker that is probably going under the radar, but people need to know about? Hmm, I can think of quite a few people right now. <laughs> like all these names just started popping up like one by one, like pop, 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 pop. <laughs> um, so let me see. I think that one person who is like flying underneath the radar that is doing big things, or could be doing big things or bigger things, but you know, they're low key right now is um someone named Denisha Wright. I think that she is definitely on the mood to be a shift maker in her in her business and career. Okay. And what is Miss Denisha's um what is she doing right now? So right now she's actually doing like so many different things, like from hair to makeup to um mm. you know, bettering people and essential oils and like just pretty much an all-around healthcare um, person. So I feel like she's at the point where she's really channeling her um, niche down to like Mm -hmm. one specific topic. And then from there, everything else can kind of fall in place. So I'm just watching her and like, you know, rooting for her and waiting to, you know, watching the shift happen. Yes, I love it. So her Instagram is, I think, is um, at just your friend. Just your friend? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And we will link her information in the show notes as well so people can connect with her also. And question number five, what are you most thankful for throughout your journey? I'm thankful for all of my 
family and friends and I'm thankful for all the new friends that I, I meet and all I'm just thankful for people beautiful people that's one of my favorite songs from Chris Brown look beautiful, beautiful people. people I love it yeah. I love that it's I'm nothing sure. like having good real wholesome people around you it's nothing like it because yeah. I really believe like your association is who you are like in you know being a Bible reader too there's so many different um, verses that talk about you know your association makes you or you know spoils um, useful habits or if you sleep with dogs you let you know wake up with fleas so I just feel like having good people around you beautiful people around you family friends and meeting new people has definitely been a blessing in my life awesome awesome well I'm definitely going to be watching you and keeping an eye on you so we can see how everything continues to evolve for you like because I, I just see so many amazing things coming to play thank you so much and I'm so excited for this podcast as well too I love what you do with the show and all the questions and just having that you know interchange in the conversation I, I really I really enjoyed it so thank you so much you are welcome you are welcome so thank you to Simone Gouchier for um, just sitting down talking to us and giving us a glimpse into her story um, definitely make sure you guys subscribe so you do not miss any episodes of Just the Plan podcast and always remember that it's not about what happens in life what matters is most what you do Thank you for listening to Shift the Plan podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you are subscribed and that you rate this episode as well as leave a review. Let me know what you think as well as any questions you may have for the guests that was on the episode today. Now, some exciting news. If you haven't already seen it on my uh, Shift the Plan podcast or my personal page, The Rhonda Evans, we are now a whole tribe, y'all. I know it has evolved from just me having an idea to starting the podcast to now wanting to connect with more individuals who are shift makers, those who are making an impact in different areas in the community and education, mental health, and just what that foundation of building families are. Um, And so I'm excited to announce that we are now an organization called Shift Maker Charlotte. So you can head on over to our Instagram page at shift.makers.clt and take a look at what we have going on. And you can also go directly to the website at shifttheplan.com backslash join the tribe.